Overcomer. Today's episode is a special training that I wrote um, several months ago, and I decided to um, record it, you know, in a new kind of edited version for the podcast today. And it's called The Three Ways I Finally Got Unstuck and Regained My Confidence After Narcissistic Abuse Without Going to More Therapy. And I think that last part is important because you know, early in our recovery, we have these ideas of what sort of the correct ways are to recover. And certainly therapy is one of those and it's super beneficial. And there are lots of other things that benefit us in the beginning. But if you're someone who's found yourself still feeling stuck, even though you're depending on all those things that are supposed to help you, then I think this episode is really, um, really going to be impactful for you. And ultimately, as a therapist myself, I know that the goal of therapy is to be able to adapt and generalize the skills you've learned in therapy to the rest of your life and for you to develop what we call natural supports, supportive people in your life so you're not dependent on the therapist. That's part of what I mean by without going to more therapy, you know. I, I like to give you tools that you can use in your life without being dependent on others. These are self-care tools, self-exploration tools, and ultimately a way to redefine your identity, to get back in touch with who you are, because I know so often that is the core of what we lose in the abuse. And I'll get more into that in a minute, so I'll just I'll just stop there. But I really, I really hope you get a lot out of this. And I will be also talking towards the end of this training episode about my new VIP redefined membership that is starting very soon. It's starting April 16th, 2023. The deadline to register will be listed in the podcast description. It's coming up real soon. So I'll be sharing more about that at the end. But without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome to the three ways I finally got unstuck and regained my confidence after narcissistic abuse without going to more therapy. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm guessing that the reason you're listening to this is because you want to know how to get unstuck and regain confidence. So whether you're totally sitting still and focused right now as you listen, or if you're driving to work, taking a walk, washing the dishes, you know, in the shower, whatever, I want you to consciously choose to focus on this as a time that's set aside for you. You spend so much time, energy, and effort giving to other people. So give this time back to yourself. Let it be a special self-care hour, even if, like I said, you've got to multitask a little bit as you listen. Okay, so here's my goal for us today. I'm going to show you how to shift away from feeling overwhelmed, insecure, and like you're constantly being dismissed or rejected so that you can gain the sense of control, confidence, and freedom you want in life. Does that sound good? Specifically, you're going to discover today why what you might have been doing for months or even years to recover from narcissistic abuse doesn't work. And instead, I'm going to walk you through what I have found that does work. Now, imagine being able to skip over all of the Googling and the trial and erroring and just do what works. I know when I started implementing the process that I'm going to share with you today, it changed my life and it certainly changed my clients' lives and I know it can change yours too. 
Now I've got some questions for you to consider first as we get started. I wanna set the stage for the mindset that we're seeking to get aligned with here. And first we're gonna kinda of start where we are and move into where we want to be. So my questions for you now are, are you tired of feeling so emotionally overwhelmed? Are you fed up with trying to fit therapy sessions into your schedule and pretending like you're doing great just because you're doing all the supposedly right things? Are you constantly Googling or reading books about narcissists and all their manipulative tactics? Are you unsure how to feel confident and free to be yourself and make your own choices? Do you feel like your abuser's voice is still in your head telling you all the things you're doing wrong? And this could be subtle. This could be more of a sense of your internal voice kind of beating yourself up, judging yourself, feeling guilty. That's really their voice still stuck in your brain. If you're nodding your head yes in agreement to any of these questions, I promise I'm not like a stalker watching you and I'm not a mind reader. I've done all of these things myself and I felt all of those feelings. And I promise you, whatever it is that you're doing that isn't working, it definitely is not your fault. It's really hard to know who is right and who to trust. And if you feel anything like I did, you know, soon after the abuse ended, I would have done just about anything to get rid of all those overwhelming feelings and the self-doubt, except nothing seemed to work for a while. So continuing with this mindset piece that I want to start out with, what I'm about to share with you is the simplest way I've found to get to a place where, now imagine with me, a place where you wake up every day feeling confident and in control. You're not relying on manipulative people anymore who don't have your best interest in mind. You're able to make choices and take confident action without second-guessing yourself. You've stopped focusing so much on the narcissist in your life. You finally feel like you can just be yourself. Now, which scenario that I just stated is the one that you really want the most? Which one best describes why you're here listening today? Again, I want to get us in the mindset here of identifying what we don't want to be doing and how we don't want to be feeling and replacing that with thoughts of what could be, how we really want our lives to be. Now I'm gonna read that list one more time and I want you to really notice which one hits you in your gut and feels right. Like, yes, that's it, that's how I want to feel. So here we go again. Imagine you wake up every day feeling confident and in control. Imagine that you don't rely on manipulative people who don't have your best interest in mind. You have supportive people in your life. Imagine you're able to make choices and take confident action without second-guessing yourself. Imagine that you've stopped focusing so much on the narcissist in your life. Your gaze has shifted to other things, to yourself. Imagine that you finally feel like you can just be yourself. You can just be you without judgment. Now I'm gonna pause here before we move forward and I wanna formally introduce myself for those who might be listening for the first time. 
I'm Jennifer Kramer. I'm the creator of this podcast and I'm the founder of The Redefined Process. I'm an artist, I'm an art therapist, I'm a single mom and a trauma survivor like you. Over the past several years, I've used art techniques to begin redefining my identity after narcissistic abuse. And now my mission is to help you do the same. I've always loved the process of making art with a focus on who I am becoming as I create. And that's what my program is all about. With every mark on the page, we are choosing to redefine who we are, no narcissists allowed. I believe it's important that you learn from an expert, someone who is a professional with expertise in recovery from narcissistic abuse, and who has a method to help you achieve the freedom, clarity, and confidence you're looking for, like I have. And also, I want you to know that I'm a real person. As I said, I'm an overcomer of narcissistic abuse, just like you. Back in, so let's like rewind, back in 2015, I was really struggling with breaking free from the abuse. I was still in the relationship, suffering from debilitating anxiety every day. I was in therapy and I didn't really know who I was anymore. I was in survival mode. I was just determined to put one foot in front of the other. And at that time, I started a painting of a winged woman in this makeshift art studio I'd created in my unfinished basement of our house. A friend had given me a free, a four by four foot canvas, so pretty big, that she found by the dumpster behind her office building. Now canvases can be expensive, so I was excited to receive it. And the image of this woman, as I said, this winged woman, she had wings, um, you know, she continued to evolve as I did. I kept working on it for, for years. And as I grew in my strength and confidence, so did she. The first stage or version of this painting was entitled, I am coming out alive. Then even once I finally found the strength and the right opportunity to leave the relationship, I was still in survival mode. There was so much to do and plan for. I was going through divorce proceedings, increasing my hours at work, applying for a new job. I was looking for permanent housing for myself and my toddler. I was very emotionally reactive during this time. There was so much going on. I knew I would come out of this alive, but the future was hazy. I was trying to sort through my emotions, but my thoughts kept going back to my soon-to-be ex. I was so angry at him, so angry. I stayed up late at night reading articles about narcissism, continuing to try to piece together what the heck just happened to me. I mean, do you feel like that? I know you might be struggling with the same thing or maybe something similar. I'm sure I'm not the only one who was possibly doing more harm than good because I thought I was doing all the right things, all that time spent obsessively reading about narcissism. And as the lady in this painting evolved and grew stronger, more confident and more in control, so did I, or maybe it was the other way around as I grew stronger, so did she, maybe both. <laughs> what I love most about expressive artwork and art therapy is that we have a visual representation of our emotions, of our growth, our transformation over time. It's a beautiful thing to actually see it evolving right in front of you. Now, my, while my growth certainly isn't over yet, there came a time when I knew this painting was complete. The title was no longer coming out alive because it didn't depict that same woman anymore. Now the title is I am commanding calm. 
If you'd like to see an image of it, you can um, head to the link in the show notes that'll take you over to the Art That Overcomes Instagram page. Or if you're on my email list, check your inbox. It should be there. Now, then in 2019, like a while after that painting was complete, I had the opportunity to display it in a local gallery along with the entire body of work I'd created over the previous three years, all visual representations of that emotional growth, the ups and downs, everything I'd been experiencing as I recovered from the separation and the narcissistic abuse. Now, I wanna backtrack a little and share with you part of how this all came about. So one day when I was in a therapy session, my therapist brought up the fact that she knew I identified as an artist and that this was a big part of my identity. It's something we had talked about before, but she pointed out that I wasn't creating much art. She gave me a challenge that day. She challenged me to take some steps, some small steps before our next weekly session toward setting aside a space to make art. I had just moved into a new apartment and I think she intended for me to clear out a part of a closet or like use the kitchen table, um, which would have been fine. But I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I hadn't yet given myself permission to do that. If you had that experience where there's a big step you wanna take, but you need someone else to sort of give you that permission to move forward because you're lacking in the confidence to do it yourself. So I knew of a place where I could rent a small, affordable art studio. I really wanted to have that separate space to make art, and I had just been afraid to take that action. I'd had it all planned out in my head for so long, but subconsciously, I was stuck there. I was stuck in my head. Again, I felt like I didn't have the agency or authority in my own life to make a decision like that. Then all it took was my therapist giving me that permission to prioritize myself and connect with my artist identity for me to finally take some action. So right before my next therapy session, I went and I signed a lease on a studio space. That's when this lady in my painting continued to evolve. And that's when I started the journey that got me where I am today, here with you, sharing my methodology with my clients so that they can skip over the years of trial and error and the struggle that I went through so you all can just get to a place where you feel like yourself, where you know that you have control over your own life and you can actually take steps toward your independence and healing that feels right to you so you can feel empowered to take action in your life the way I do now. And that decision to rent that art studio and devote more time and energy to myself and my healing, it led to figuring out that what I had been doing all that time before was almost all completely wrong. I'm so grateful that I made that decision to invest in myself because otherwise I would have probably been trying to read all the things on the internet about narcissism, fooling myself into thinking that if I somehow gained all the knowledge and became an expert on my ex's mental health challenges, that that would be the key to having ultimate control over myself, my emotions, and my future. But really, at a certain point, that wasn't getting me anywhere. Like I'm sure we've all heard so many times before, when you know better, you do better. Even though I'm now able to feel empowered and in control without the feeling that I'm totally dependent on outside, quote, authorities like therapists, it took years to figure it all out. 
I had to unlearn the things that I subconsciously thought were the right things to do because I began to discover, to discover just how, how wrong they were, if that makes sense. I had to test out different things, you know, to see which ones worked for me, for my emotions and my body. And I struggled, you know, therapy was helpful, but I just kept feeling like there were some missing pieces, you know? Like some of the things or all of the things I was doing weren't inherently bad. They were good things, but there was something missing. I had so much anger and anxiety trapped inside my body. And at one point, I remember when I had shared about my extreme anxiety with my therapist, um, paired with a feeling of being like on edge all the time and having a desire for like this crazy intense desire for positive, affirming, and truly loving attention from men, my therapist equated all of that to something like sexual frustration. And I felt like she totally missed the mark. I knew that wasn't it. There was so much more to it, so much to uncover. That anxiety in my body, there was something else going on here, but I wasn't sure what, and I wasn't sure how to address it. I kept wishing someone would just tell me what to do so that I wouldn't spend so much time and energy trying to figure it out on my own. It took a lot of time and patience. And looking back, you know, I realized there was no way I could have arrived at the redefined process without actually having the professional education and clinical experience in art therapy that I had invested in, you know, years before that time. I really had to lean on my own expertise to fill in those missing pieces that I wasn't getting from my therapist and my other sources of support. And I was fully committed to figuring this out because there was no way I was going to stay in that panicked mode forever. It just wasn't sustainable at all. And I know you feel that way too. Like we're not just content to stay in this panic state. Like that's not going to work. We're desperate to find a way out. What I discovered through all of that trial and error was that it wasn't that I was incapable of moving forward, that I was like totally out of control of my emotions, or that I would be dependent on male attention in order to feel whole and validated for the rest of my life. None of that was it. I discovered that none of those things were helpful thoughts to ruminate on. I figured out that I, in fact, had a problem with identifying and connecting to my identity, to my true core self. And once I started to address that disconnect, everything changed for me. And I want to share how I did all of that with you so you can skip over this trial and error too. Because there is a simpler way to get this life, this freedom that you're looking for, what you were imagining a few minutes ago. There's an easier way to get there without remaining dependent on a man or anyone else for that matter to remind you of your self-worth. Now, before we dive into the three ways I finally got unstuck and regained my confidence, I want to share a case study with you. It's important, I think, that you see examples um, of what like real success looks like, real examples of women who are going through this process, and not just me as an example. I want to, I want you to feel like that um, can ground you in in this knowledge that it's possible for you to help you envision this. So, I'm going to tell you about Anya. Anya had been following me online for a while um, before she um, got into the redefined process. And one day, like something just clicked for her. She was ready. She wanted what I had. She'd spent the years since her divorce so focused on getting back on her feet and caring for her young son that she'd been pushing her emotions to the side and said she'd not really processed through all the abuse. 
She'd tried therapy once before and felt that her concerns were minimized, unfortunately, by that therapist, and she hadn't tried again since. When she first started the redefine process, I noticed that she made a lot of apologies for what she saw as her lack of artistic ability. But through the encouragement and support of myself and others in the group, she began feeling more comfortable and confident expressing her emotions through art. She came to a place where she said she craved her art making time, knowing it was going to be the best way to let her emotions out. She even started making art with her son and has expressed many times that seeing her feelings on the paper in visual form has been so impactful. As Anya continued to work through the redefined process, she said in her own words, it has become my only outlet for letting go of any emotions, whether good, bad, or yucky, that have been locked away for so long. Seeing the emotions on paper and having it stare back at me is such a sense of relief that it is going to be okay in the long run. Now that I have faced it, the emotion, and embraced it, I can let it go. Life is too short to be dwelling on what I have endured in heartache, mistrust, and everything else that was involved with the divorce. I can now be hopeful for a better tomorrow, and if it isn't better, I can always create art to let those emotions meet paper, and I can color and let it go. Now, let's continue to imagine. Imagine that you had more clarity around your emotions the way Anya grew to have. That sense of relief that comes from the ability to confront, embrace, and release your feelings in a healthy way, and a renewed sense of hope for the future. Okay, now I want to talk to you about why what you're doing, what you might be doing, isn't working. These are three really common habits, practices, and essentially mistakes that I see so many women make, and we can really get stuck here. Now, I'm certainly not judging you if you're doing these things. You know, I've made these same mistakes, but I've also discovered this, this better way of approaching my recovery. That's the whole reason I'm here talking to you right now. Okay, so number one. We continue to focus so much on reading information about narcissists and their manipulative tactics. So I touched on this briefly before. So first of all, even though I'm pointing this out as a mistake, I wanna point out that in the beginning of our recovery, this is definitely a very necessary step. So if you're fresh out of an abusive relationship or still in one, you know, trying desperately to make sense of what has happened to you and learning about narcissism and emotional abuse has really opened your eyes and helped you break free from the abuse, then that is amazing. I actually had the very same experience when I started going to therapy about six months before the relationship ended. I was finally able to name his behaviors as abuse for the first time and that was so huge for me and I was reading so many things at that time. The problem though, and where this behavior becomes a mistake that keeps us stuck, is that I kept reading and kept reading. Even after the separation, I stayed up late at night reading article after article about narcissists as if that information alone was going to free me from the lingering anxiety, insecurity, and shame that I felt. When in reality, all the information gathering was just keeping me hyper-focused on my abuser. I wasn't focused on my own healing at all. I've had conversations with women in my community about this very same thing. Some of you at this, are at this point where you're sick and tired of reading about narcissism and you're ready to shift your focus. So I ask you to consider, is that you? Are you ready to move on from information gathering and truly start prioritizing yourself? 
You know, you've spent months, years, or maybe even decades, maybe a lifetime revolving your life around an abusive narcissist, all of their wants, needs, and desires. You've been striving to meet their unattainable expectations. And your brain wants to keep you stuck in that same pattern. You know, I talk a lot about how our brains like patterns. They're trying to keep us safe by grounding us in what's predictable. The problem is that our former predictable, comfortable, and familiar pattern no longer serves us now that we're out of the abuse. We don't have to try to keep the abuser happy now. Our job is to take care of ourselves now. The good news is that we have the power to shift. You have the power to shift. We can tell our brains new thoughts, which generate new feelings and lead us to take different actions. Okay, number two thing that we need to stop doing, number two mistake, you constantly vent to friends and or on social media about how much you've been hurt and what a jerk your ex is. Now, similar to mistake number one, there's a point where this seems to make sense and can be helpful, right? Like we do need to be heard. We've been invalidated and had our voices ignored for a very long time. We have so much we need to express and it feels so good to let it out. It's like this whole, I am woman, hear me roar kind of thing, you know? It's like, I'll be damned if anyone is going to silence my voice again. I have a right to share my story and my hurt. But just like that information gathering phase we talked about, there's a point where this venting crosses into an unhealthy territory. I can't even tell you how many Instagram accounts I've seen with like hundreds of thousands of followers that strictly post memes about narcissism. Now, some of these are educational and they're helpful, again, to a certain point, but so many others just feel negative and like just plain hopeless. It feels like the owners of those social media accounts are stuck themselves. All that negativity, you know, it not only keeps us focused on our abusers, but it keeps our brains stuck in the abuse. It keeps you in victim mode. Like, remember how our brains like patterns? You know, when your thoughts and conversations are consumed by talk about the abuser, venting about the latest co-parenting dispute and reading or posting memes that reinforce a victim mindset, your brain doesn't know that you're not a victim anymore. It doesn't know that you are free from the abuse with space to live your life on your own terms, with opportunities to grow and expand your sense of who you are. Again, what we choose to think about and focus on causes the feelings we have and the actions we take. All right, moving on to number three. You're finding your self-worth in how well you're able to show up for others and take care of them. Now, this one is tricky for the same reasons that numbers one and two are tricky because being a compassionate and dependable woman who others can count on for care and support is not a bad thing, not at all in and of itself. It's wonderful that you're wired this way. You're the opposite of a narcissist. You experience deep empathy for others and want to do whatever you can to help them. Here's where the problem comes in. Your self-worth is all wrapped up in it. This mindset keeps your self-worth dependent on the approval of others. This mindset takes away your power, just like your narcissist did. You were always so giving and supportive of him in spite of the abuse. Your whole life was focused on pleasing this other person and it left you empty. Now you might be thinking, well, of course, Jennifer, because they were a narcissist. Of course, they didn't appreciate me, but that shouldn't stop me from caring for others. You know, it's who I am. I'm a caring person. 
Well, let me, let me give you an example that I think is going to help explain this. So let's say, let's imagine a scenario where you have um, a little old lady neighbor who has just had surgery and you really want to help her out because you're a helper, right? She's a single older woman and you, and you really feel for her. She's been in rehab for a few weeks and when she finally comes out, you've rallied together other friends and neighbors to bring her meals and a few times each, each week, you know, each month, they're bringing her meals throughout, throughout the week. You're sure this will be exactly what she needs. Not as many neighbors volunteered as you had hoped, but that's okay. You volunteer to fill in the gaps and cook a few extra meals. You follow through with your plan and everything seems to be going like clockwork, but your sweet neighbor lady does not show much gratitude. In fact, she's even been a little rude about the whole thing. You feel like she probably appreciated the meals, but she also made some side comments about being bothered by people dropping things off at her house. You feel so let down, worried that you might have offended her, and even a little bit angry and resentful that you put so much time and energy into helping her and she didn't even appreciate it. Now, you'd be embarrassed to admit that to anyone else, but it's really the way you feel. And on top of all that, you'd place such a priority on trying to help her out and filling in those gaps where others didn't step up that you neglected some of your own household chores and time relaxing on the weekends, you know, some of your self-care. The more you think about the situation, the more resentment starts to build. Why are you always the one helping everybody? When is someone going to step in and help you out? After your divorce, no one brought you a meal, but even so, you're still helping others. Again, when is it going to be your turn? The problem, the problem with continuing to live in this way where we're always overextending ourselves for the sake of others is that we neglect ourselves in the process. Our emotions and our level of self-worth go up and down at rapid paces, all dependent on the actions of others. What we want is stability. We want to feel secure, confident, and not swayed so easily by the opinions and actions of others. But we just can't seem to get there. Now, the reason why none of these things have worked and I believe won't work is because your identity has been so enmeshed with your abuser that you've lost a sense of who you are. All of these behaviors keep you focused on your abuser or on others and on the lie that the abuser made you believe that your worth is found in your ability or inability to meet their ever-changing and unattainable expectations. The key to truly recovering from narcissistic abuse and to reclaim control of your life is to turn away from these behaviors that keep you focused on the abuser and on external approval and learn to trust and believe in yourself, your confidence, your worth, and your ability to heal. It's time to reconnect with and redefine your own identity. Again, the key here is to turn away from these behaviors that keep you focused on the abuser and on external approval and learn to trust and believe in yourself, your competence, your worth, and your ability to heal. Okay, so right about now, I realize that some listeners are still thinking, but Jennifer, learning all the things about narcissism is what will save me from getting sucked into the abuse again. Or talking with other women who have experienced the same type of abuse helps me feel that I'm not alone. Or I'm a giver and I love caring for others. It's a part of who I am. You might still be confused as to why I'm naming these behaviors as mistakes, but let's quickly go through each of those questions or thoughts you might be having one by one. 
So first, if you're thinking learning all the things about narcissism is what will save me from getting sucked into the abuse again, then let me show you how to identify when it's time to move on from this information gathering phase, as I like to call it, because staying stuck there is a fear-based behavior that will only inhibit your growth. We do need this at first. It's helpful in the beginning, but that's why it can be so deceptive and keep us stuck. We think we need it ongoing, constantly, forever. But just because it was your lifeline in the beginning of your recovery doesn't mean it will be forever. As I said before, it really just keeps us focused on the narcissist when we keep it up long term. So let me show you how to identify when it's time to move on. That's what I do with my clients in my Redefine program. Now, if you're thinking talking to other women who have experienced the same type of abuse helps me feel that I'm not alone, then I want you to know that I have discovered a better way of interacting with and receiving support from others who really get it that doesn't involve dragging you down again and again. If we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we really don't feel any better after lots and lots of venting and complaining because focusing on the negative naturally keeps our emotions in a negative zone. And if you're thinking, well, I'm a giver and I love caring for others, it's a part of who I am, and you're having trouble sort of sorting through how am I overly showing up for others, over-functioning, versus just being helpful, then I'll teach you how to show up for yourself first so that you're not giving from an empty tank and forever dependent on the approval of others. And you also won't be forming resentments towards those that you have tried to help. You've been depleted for so long. I want to help you fill up your tank again. And on that note, I want to share another case study with you now. I want to tell you about Adrian. Adrian joined the Redefine process after being referred by her therapist. She was planning to return to work soon following an extended break, and she also wanted to go back to college. Now, that was a lot to have on her plate. She was worried she wouldn't be capable of managing her life on her own. The pandemic had stirred up old feelings of isolation, powerlessness, and apprehension, bringing her right back to a time when her ex was gaslighting her about her abilities and what she deserved, trying to keep her life small, controlled, and unthreatening to his ego. How could she still be so affected by his lies so many years after the divorce? In her own words, Adrian says, Years upon years of my ex invalidating my thoughts, feelings, needs, and desires had warped my self-perception and taught me to distrust and even fear the voice inside myself. Even after rebuilding my life away from him, that disconnection from my authentic self remained, stunting my growth in a way I could feel but didn't understand. I wanted to move forward in my life, but even thinking about making changes felt exhausting and overwhelming. I mean, can you relate to this experience? It sounds so familiar to many of our experiences. You know, as you see, she was struggling to find the motivation to take steps forward in her life and healing. She knew what needed to be done, but felt paralyzed by anxiety. So I was delighted to find that after joining the program, Adrienne was able to jump into the content full force, ready to make some changes right away. After only a few days in, she expressed gratitude for the growth she'd already experienced in such a short time. She was feeling empowered and starting to believe in herself again. 
She also found that the opportunity to show up for others in the group to support them on their journeys provided additional motivation to show up for herself as well. She also, she went on to say, I'd spent so much of my life supporting and caring for other people. I knew it was finally time to turn that patience, love, kindness, understanding, and compassion inward. I wasn't exactly sure how the redefine process could help, but I decided to try it as an investment in myself, and I'm so glad I did. She went on to say, I'm currently halfway through the program, and it, was all, it has already helped me rediscover and reconnect with my inner self. It turns out that little voice I was so afraid of was actually trying to help me all along. Listening to it has helped me realize that I am strong, I am capable, and I am resilient. Now that I have me on my side, I feel empowered to shape the course of my life in ways I'd forgotten were possible. I'm curious, what is your emotional reaction to hearing Adrian's story? I consider you to, or I encourage you to reflect on that for yourself. You know, it reflects so much of what I've been talking about here. She's reconnecting with herself, not her abuser, trusting her own voice, and feeling so much more empowered as a result. Now, the reason you're probably listening today is because you want to feel confident and in control of your life and emotions, right? You're tired of feeling stuck. Now, here is what I have discovered that works. I discovered that in order to get rid of my constant overwhelm and feeling that I was going to be trapped in the same cycle forever, I needed to do these three things. Number one, I needed to address the root cause, which is our disconnected connection from our identity, from our very sense of self. As we've already talked about, being victims of narcissistic abuse means that our lives have centered around our abusers and our sense of who we are has gradually eroded away. This is so common among survivors of this type of emotional abuse. So any kind of treatment that's going to truly be effective in getting you to where you want to be has got to focus on helping you figure out who you are. I frequently chat with women on Facebook and in my Redefined app about what their big goals are, and I encourage them to dream about where they want to be. Now, this should be a really fun topic, right? If you could imagine your life, your magic goal, or where you'd love to be a year from now, the possibilities could be endless. Now that you're free from the abuse, you could feel excited about the road ahead, but sadly, what I've found is that many of you struggle with this question. It's hard to imagine what life could be like in, the, in your future, and you feel daunted by all the decisions. I firmly believe that this indecision stems from the same root cause. You aren't sure who you are or what you want or where you want to be. So again, all of our efforts to recover should really center around this issue of identity if we're going to make progress. So if you're still doubting yourself, struggling to make decisions, and doing a lot of information gathering about narcissists, I want you to reflect. Is the research I'm doing about abuse still something that's helpful to me? Maybe, maybe not. Ask yourself, am I learning new things each day that are moving me forward? Or am I feeling stuck and insecure in spite of all my reading and YouTube watching? Really honestly ask yourself, am I even learning anything new or just hearing the same information over and over again? If it's not working for you anymore, then stop. Let's shift the focus to you. 
Now, moving on to number two thing that has helped me and has helped my clients. The second thing I needed to get rid of this constant overwhelm and feeling that I was going to be trapped in the same cycle forever, I needed a process to follow. I needed some steps, right? We all need a proven method, a step-by-step plan in place that heals this root cause so that we can stop doing all the things that aren't working and hone in on the key elements that do. Because it's one thing to say, find your identity, reconnect with yourself, redefine who you are. And it's entirely different to actually set out to do that, right? We need a plan. Like, where would you even get started? You know, the topic of identity seems so abstract at times. It can really be hard to wrap your mind around. So there really needs to be a process, a system that can get us where we want to go. Okay, number three. I needed accountability from others who understood the journey I'd been on and the challenges that I was facing moving forward. I also needed support from experts, professionals who could help guide me. I needed a lot of people in my corner. This was easier said than done though. You know, after surviving narcissistic abuse, trusting others feels so scary. If you're anything like me, I didn't even want to share details of my abuse with certain close friends if I felt like they were naive to the horrors of narcissistic abuse, how the manipulation is so incredibly deceptive, and how seemingly minor issues could be used in such cunning ways to control me and keep me scared and submissive to his demands. If they didn't get it, I didn't want to talk about it with them. I felt that the only people I could trust, really fully trust with my story, were women who'd been through the same or similar experiences. And even when it came to mental health professionals, I was very picky about what I shared with who. Those who had suffered abuse themselves or, had, or, or who had an excellent track record working with abuse victims, they were my go-tos. And I was never completely comfortable with the others who tried to help me. Now, actually, I'm going to give you a bonus. I'm going to share a fourth thing that I needed in order to get unstuck. So I also desperately needed to learn to identify and soothe my intense emotions as they arose. I had to address them head on. Otherwise, my feelings took the lead and I just was along for the ride, right? Do you feel me on this? There were so many days where my emotions felt so big that to say I felt just like a lack of control is actually an understatement. I mean, I felt hopelessly out of control and like I would never be able to sort through all that was coming up for me. I was so full of rage, stress, and deep sadness and grief, and there was no telling which was going to rise to the surface at any given moment. This is why I absolutely had to get a handle on my emotions in order to move forward with just about anything. We need to learn skills and techniques to identify and name our emotions, to identify triggers to these emotions, and to soothe and calm them as needed so we can get back to a place of equilibrium. Now, this is all why I've created the redefined process to specifically address each of these needs. In my own recovery, I had to piece all of these elements together from different sources. It was clunky and it took a lot of effort to connect the dots. I was in therapy for years, a divorce support group. I had good friends in the picture as well, you know, all parts of this clunky system. But even with those elements there, there was, there was still something missing and I couldn't figure it out at first. I felt like I was in the same emotional cycle still as when I was in the abusive relationship and I couldn't break out of it. Then one day, my therapist made that suggestion that I make a physical space to create art, which led me to renting a small studio as I shared with you earlier. So once I started investing in myself by making art again, 
I was surprised at what I started to discover. I wasn't just returning to a hobby. This was something so much bigger than that. I started putting together what I knew about myself and the way I respond to different art media and a reflective writing technique I'd learned in art therapy school. I started to adapt it and make it my own. And what I did was I dialogued with my artwork. I was asking it questions and waiting for it to respond. And I wrote down everything that came to mind as the questions and the answers, unedited, very much free association, stream of consciousness writing. I was eager to learn whatever I could in the process. I experienced tremendous growth because I was finally able to begin connecting what I call my feeling brain to my thinking brain and make sense of all the emotions that were going on inside of me. The combination of open-ended art making and writing in response was the key. Now, after experiencing so much growth, I went on to study more about why this worked. I learned more about how our sense of self exists in several different parts and that through the process of dialoguing with my artwork, I was really talking to each part of myself and giving each inner part space to be heard. And once I decided that I had to share this process with other women, I worked really hard to break down all the phases I'd been through in my healing journey into steps that you could follow too. Essentially, I reverse engineered the process that I had gone through myself. When I went to create this program, I knew that we had to focus on redefining our identities first and foremost. That is the overarching theme of everything we do together. That's why it's called Redefined. And I've organized all of the most important components of this into an easy to follow step-by-step process that can become a part of a regular and ongoing self-care practice. A foundation of this practice is learning to identify what emotions are rising up in our bodies and how to address them. And through all this, we will journey together with like-minded women who are also striving to prioritize their own healing over learning more about their abusers. I don't allow too much negativity or focus on narcissists in my Redefine Process group. We talk about and own our experiences and our emotions. We practice focusing on ourselves. I regularly join in the conversation too with scheduled live coaching calls and a daily presence in our private um, online community chat within the Redefined app. That's a space set aside strictly for those who have committed to participating in the Redefined process. I share openly about my own journey too, you know, in real time, giving you glimpses into my ongoing personal art practice and even more personal detail than I do here on the podcast. I use my training in art therapy combined with my own experience of recovery. I'm an expert who's truly in your corner because I know firsthand what it's like to be there. (laughs) During that phase where I was piecing together the redefined process, I created another painting of a female figure. And again, I'll have um, a link to the Art That Overcomes Instagram page down below in the description so you can go view um, a photo of this image. So this figure, she began as a representation of me, much like the one that I shared about earlier. But as I talked with the image and remained open and curious about what it had to teach me, she revealed to me that she actually represented my young daughter only as an adult. The image and the process of engaging with art materials and with my emotions came to bring me comfort. She reassured me that my daughter was safe and protected in God's hands, even while outside circumstances seemed bleak at times. I gained confidence in my ability to mother her in such a way that she will grow up to be a strong woman as I am now becoming. 
not susceptible to the types of abuse that I've endured in the past. And that was some pretty big insight, all from following the same process that I've explained here. Now, I want you to think about it. Which way of operating are you going to move forward with starting today? That old way where you've been doing things that just aren't cutting it, you know, it's not quite working for you anymore, or this new approach I've been sharing where you focus on reconnecting with and redefining your identity, learning to truly make sense of all your confusing emotions, and where you have positive and affirming community and guidance from me, an expert you can trust who's also been there too. Answer for yourself, honestly. This is just for you. Do you think you can do this on your own without the guidance and community? Again, after everything you've learned today, which approach will you move forward with? You listened to this episode because you wanted to learn how I got unstuck and regained my confidence after narcissistic abuse, and you wondered if my approach could work for you too. You're looking for some relief from your overwhelming emotions and self-doubt, something you haven't been able to achieve quite yet on your own. You want a simpler way to reconnect with who you are and function as an independent woman without being dependent on a therapist for the rest of your life. Now, here's the thing I want you to remember. Everything I've shared with you today isn't some random theory or some idea I think might work for you. Everything I walked you through today works. It worked for me and it's worked for my clients who all started in a similar spot that you're in right now. I'm not special and they aren't special. We all have busy schedules, ongoing symptoms of trauma that can drag us down. We've got financial challenges and some of us are single parents and some of us are still dealing with abusive people in our lives. And if we can do it, I'm so confident that you can do it too. The Redefine Process is my group coaching program that's housed within the Redefine membership on my Redefined app. Now, this is how I can best help you achieve the feeling of confidence we've been talking about. If you're interested to learn more, then go to the links down below in the podcast description to check out info about my work, um, the Work at Your Own Pace Redefine membership. So this is where you can go in and complete the session tasks um, whenever you would like. You can also find information below about my new VIP Redefine membership, which is kicking off here very soon. The difference with the VIP membership is that we'll be working through each of the redefined process art tasks together on Zoom. So it's much more like a group art therapy feel rather than an online program or course. We'll journey together for a total of 11 weeks in this, redef- in this uh, VIP redefined membership. And by the end, you'll not only have a renewed sense of confidence and grounding in your identity, but you'll have tangible tools to continue using on your own long past the time that the program ends. Now, the deadline to register is also listed in the podcast description. I really wouldn't put this off overcomer. If what I've shared today is resonating with you, then I encourage you to join me in this process. It works because it's based on actual art therapy techniques for accessing your subconscious, all the emotions that you've stuffed down, as well as, you know, my own experiences in recovery that I'm bringing to this. And it includes that support and accountability that traditional therapy methods don't don't have. We have this group of other women together to support each other. There are nuances that only an expert can help you with because there are many other factors involved that traditional programs don't cover, like the fact or the lack of trust that survivors of narcissistic abuse can have with service providers and the mindset shift needed to focus on the real you and not just your victim status. 
Here are another, um, a couple of just really quick testimonials from other overcomers who completed the program. Because again, I want you to hear it from other people, not just from me. So one anonymous member says, this program has helped me to begin the process of learning who I am. The art activities were challenging and exciting to complete. I liked that I was doing something instead of only listening to information. What I love about this testimonial is how um, it really illuminates the fact that art is an active task. You know, sometimes I say art is an active form of meditation, like you're doing something tangible and you've got this tangible record of your healing, like I shared earlier. So, so I love that, that that directly speaks to what my intention is. And then another group member named Alex says, the exercises and writing prompts were exactly what I needed to dedicate intentional, caring time and attention to the parts of me that needed to come up and out in order to move forward. So again, she's speaking to those different parts of herself, those parts of her subconscious that were revealed through this art and writing process. All right, finally, before I go, I'd like to answer some frequently asked questions for you. So if, after listening to these questions and answers, and after exploring the links I've included below, um, if you still have questions or hesitations, then I would be happy to chat with you on the phone. There's also gonna be a link in the description um, to my online calendar. You can book a short redefined info call. It's totally free. I promise it won't be like, a, like an awkward sales call. It's just a chance for, me, chance for me to answer your questions, to explain anything in more detail that you need for me to explain. If you don't have any more questions, then feel free to go ahead and sign up. But I'm gonna go through these FAQs um, real quick with you. So this number one question is something I get a lot. And it's, what if I'm not creative or artistic, can I still benefit from your program? Or just from art therapy in general. You know, what I'm doing is coaching based on art therapy techniques here in the Redefine process. But people have this question about art therapy all the time. So absolutely, you can still benefit. I always like to remind my clients that every single Art task in my program can be completed with crayons and regular white coffee, copy paper if that's all you have. Like, um, it's not it's not something that requires fancy art materials. And as far as artistic skill, if you can draw a scribble, then you can do this, I promise. It's all about expressing yourself and being open to following the process that I'm teaching you. And I would say the same thing about art therapy in general. It's not about having experience in art or making something look beautiful. It is about trusting the process and just being willing to be open to it. All right, my next FAQ, what if I'm already working with a therapist? Well, I would say that's great. You know, I think the redefine process can really complement what you're doing in therapy. It's an online coaching program, not therapy. So if you're already in therapy and that's helpful, then continue. Like I said, it'll complement your therapeutic goals nicely, I think. And I also think it will, you know, fill in some of the gaps of what might be missing in your traditional therapy experience, especially if you're just doing talk therapy. All right, my next FAQ, if I'm not sure if I'd have time for an online group coaching program, should I still sign up or should I still schedule an info call? My answer is absolutely yes. My basic Redefine membership, as I said before, is work at your own pace. So there's no pressure to make a specific time commitment to show up at a specific time. Now, I do recommend you set your own schedule, but you don't have to show up when I say to show up. 
And even in the VIP membership, we will have weekly meetings that are scheduled, but if you have to miss one, the recordings will be available to you within about 24 hours after each session, so you can catch up if you missed. You know, you do what works best for you, but if that's the only thing holding you back from signing up or from scheduling that short info call, then please don't let it hold you back. You know, we can, we can talk through this together. In other words, if you're really interested and you're just not sure about the time, then let's talk about it. What if I'm currently in an abusive relationship? Okay, so this is a tough one, and this is a question I've got many times before. Um, there's so many individual factors here. So I will say in general that if you're still in the midst of the abuse, like you're still living with a narcissist, you're in an intimate partner relationship with an abusive person, and you aren't sure yet if you're going to stay or leave, then my online group coaching program probably isn't the best fit for you at this time. First, I'd suggest that you begin therapy to help you assess your situation and like what your next best steps would be. If after hearing me say that, you still really think you could engage with the program and would like to at least schedule an info call, then by all means, go ahead and do so. I know that this can be a really individualistic thing. People have lots of different um, circumstances, so feel free to reach out and inquire more about that. But this program is created for women who have already um, moved on from that abusive relationship. Okay, and my last FAQ, I've never been married to a narcissist, but I've experienced emotional abuse from other family members. Would your content still apply to me? And my answer is yes, for sure. I have had women complete the program um, who were in this situation. We've had also several members of the Women Overcoming Narcissistic Abuse Facebook group who fall in this category. And, um, you know, many of you might have actually experienced narcissistic abuse in both your family of origin and in one or more romantic partnerships. So that said, the content in my coaching program can definitely apply to you either way. Now, you'll probably be the minority if you just experienced this abuse in childhood um, with, you know, most program members having had an abusive marriage or other romantic relationship, but you'll find the content still applies for sure. All right. Again, if you still have questions after my lengthy FAQs here, feel free to schedule a phone call. Again, 15 minutes tops. I can just answer any questions you have, tell you more about the program. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember, you are an overcomer.